Okay, here we go. We are on the air, or if you're a dust mite, you're on my hair. Um, today's show, a lot of fun. Um, we're going to be talking about, about uh, cell phone mishaps, uh, cell phone dropouts, cell phone etiquette, all that, that kind of thing I know you all can relate to. Um, we're going to be talking about reality show breasts. Yeah, that's right. Reality show breasts. Wait till you hear this. This uh, take I have on the naked titties that adorn reality shows. Uh, see if you agree or disagree with my take on that. And then we're going to get creative today, man. I'm going to uh, explore the world of origami and help you learn how to make funny shapes and wonderful little creatures out of uh, the mysterious and almost forgotten oriental art of origami. Um, And then on a bit of a downer note, it's Friday, so of course I have to do my therapy session with Dr. Ascot. I don't know what that dillweed has planned for me today, but it's never fun. I never enjoy it. Maybe you do. I don't. And uh, let's just kick it off, man. Let's get it going. You ready? Let's rock and roll right here on the Harland Highway. (laughs) You just made a wrong turn. Would you kindly shut your mouth? Onto the Harland Highway. Oh, it's lovely. It's just lovely. The Harland Highway. Hi, Harland. I'm Teddy Ruxpin, and I'm your friend. Harland Highway. I'm not your daddy. Mm. Hey, hey, hey. It's a beautiful day on the Harland Highway. Hi, I'm Harland. How are you? I'm good. Uh, What a great show we have today. Uh, I think we're going to have a lot of... What, Roger? Hey, it's Roger in the control room. Okay. Send them in. Yeah, just send them in. Okay. Hi, I'm Cinnamon Boy, and I love cinnamon! Oh, come on, not you, kid. I'm Cinnamon Boy, and I have something to tell you. What are you doing in here, kid? I thought I just told you. I've got something to tell you. What is it, and then get out of here. I went to church today. Oh, good. I hope you're praying to... What? Nothing. Just, what do you want? I went to confession today for the first time ever. Great. What'd you confess that you're a moron? Pardon me. Nothing. Just what were you doing in confession? Well, I went in and I sat down and I said something to the priest. Okay, good. That's what everybody does. What'd you confess confess your sins? That's right. I went in and I sat down and I said, Forgive me, Father, for I have sinned. Amen, because I'm Cinnamon Boy, and I love cinnamon. Cut it out, kid. Well, that's what I said. Wait a minute. You went into the confession booth, and you said, Forgive me, Father, for I have sinned. And then you added cinnamon on the end. So it said, Forgive me, Father, so I have cinnamon. That's what I said. Forgive me, Father. You don't have to do it. Forgive me, Father. I said you don't have to do it. Forgive me, Father, for I have sinned. Oh, good. So you're not going to do the other part? 
I'm in! Because I'm Cinnamon Boy! And I love Cinnamon! Cut it out, kid! Get out of here! I can't get out because I love Cinnamon! Get out! Forgive me, Father, for I... Get out! Oh, what? Roger! What? Why did you let that idiot in here? I didn't let him in. Well, I didn't let him in. I don't know how he got in here. Just don't let him in, Cinnamon Boy. Yes, sir. God, I've never wanted to wish someone straight to hell, but that kid, he deserves to go right down to the burning pit, man. I forgive you, because you have sinned, Amanda! Ah! Get out of here! The passion of Christ compels you! Get out! I'm Cinnamon Boy, and I love Cinnamon! Get out of here, kid! Go to get us out of here, Roger. Unbelievable. You're this close to getting fired. Like my taint. I don't want that dopey kid in here ever again. Who, me, Cinnamon Boy? Get out! Hey, this is Harlan Williams on the Harland Highway, and here's a friendly little tip. If you're someone who's on your cell phone all the time and blocking out your friends and just ignoring everybody so you can talk on your cell phone and text everybody... Why don't you just go walk out into a field, a big empty field, and stand there and talk and talk and talk and text and text and text until you realize you have no more friends because you're out there all alone and you're in love with your cell phone. And then under the nice harvest moon, why don't you lay down in the grass and make love to your cell phone and try and create cell phone people so you can live in your little cell phone world and be a cell phone leader of the cell phone people, you self-indulgent cell phone freak. Thank you. This has been a commentary by me, Harland Williams, here on the Harland Highway. Oh, there's my phone. I gotta run. But since we do use our cell phones in this society and we've come to rely on them, and I'm sure some of you actually have made love to one of them. Um, doesn't iPhones have an app for, like, iSex or I-F-U-C? You know the rest of it. Or is there an iDoggy style? Or an iBackdoor? Or an i... Well, you know what I'm talking about. Anyways, here's what I don't like about cell phones. Yeah, you ever have this happen? And I know you have. Oh, I know you have. Um, you're talking to someone. You're on the cell phone. You're blabbing away. It could be 10 minutes. could be 20 minutes. could be half an hour. I don't know. But you get right to the end of the conversation, and you're just about to say goodbye. You know, you're just wrapping it up. You're about to say Okay, well, I guess that's everything. Bye. And just before you get to that sentence, you you drop your call, right? You're like, so I guess that's everything. And then, boop, boop. Hello? Hello? Are you there? Hello? Oh, God. And then you got, you literally have to phone back to say goodbye you call them back and they're like, hello? And you go, yeah, I, I was going to say goodbye and we got disconnected. So I, I just phoned to say goodbye. Um, are you retarded? Well, I guess I am, yes. Okay, don't ever phone here again, okay? Okay, sorry. <laughs> Isn't that the most annoying?
That's bad timing right there. Um, so there you go. That's my little uh, cell phone quirp for today. And uh, don't forget, you can phone me and leave messages uh, that I will play on the show. If you have any questions or comments or observations, you can call me at 323-215-1486. 323-215-1486. And leave your message. And if I like it, I'll put it on the air. There you go. Sweet. Hello, Holland. All right, Ascot. Look, I am not in a good mood. Holland. I know. It's Friday. I got to do my therapy thing. Holland. All right, I had a bad flight last night, okay? I I lost like eight, nine hours off my life due to the airlines. I'm a little angry. Holland, you must release your tension. Yeah, and how do I do that? Arlen, pretend you are a stewardess on the airline. What are you talking about? The only way to lose the airline anger is to become the airline, Arland. Okay, that sounds really dumb. You've had a lot of dumb ideas, Ascot. But this one takes the... Arlen. No, this one... Arlen. Takes... Arlen. The cake. Holland. Stop saying my name. You're irritating me even more. Holland. What do I have to do to become the airline? I want you to say chicken or beef. Why? Just do it, Holland. Chicken or beef? Say it like a stewardess, Holland. Become the airline. Would you like the chicken or the beef? Why don't you tell me about the beef? What do you mean, why don't... Tell me about the beef, Holland. I don't know what's on the beef. This is hypothetical. Holland, what's on the beef? There's a nice mushroom sauce and a hollandaise dip, and that's it. Holland, there must be more to the beef. What are you talking about? Acromance, Holland. Acromance? Yes, Holland. What comes on a side dish? <sighs> There's lovely potatoes, little potato wedges with parsley and some green beans. Very good, Holland. Now do the chicken. I'm not doing the chicken. Holland, become the airline. Would you like some chicken, sir? What's on the chicken? Uh, what do you mean, what's on it? How is it prepared, Arland? <sighs> this... The chicken comes with a nice honey glaze and a Dijon mustard. There's some wonderful pilaf rice on the side and some cranberry dipping sauce with shallots and caramelized onions. I'm allergic to onions, Holland. I don't care what you're just gonna eat it. Holland. Eat it, Ascot. Holland. Just eat it. Eat the chicken and the beef. Shove it down your gob hole and get out of my office. Holland. Out! May I use the lavatory first? I don't care what you do. But the captain hasn't turned off the seatbelt sign, Holland. Oh, get out of here. Holland. Out. Oh, you just made me angrier. 
stewardess. Can I get another drink, please? Get out of here! Harland Williams. Okay, here's something I might actually need therapy for, or you might need therapy for. It's a little disturbing. I don't know if I should admit it, or if you can relate that you should admit it. Or maybe I'm just opening your eyes to it, and it's going to affect you profoundly and offset your whole maybe sex life or just your life in general. Um, I don't know. Have you been watching this reality show, The Biggest Loser? Okay, what they do is they get some of the fattiest, chubbliest, wubbliest people across the United States. I mean, we're talking bakery destroyers, okay? You know how Godzilla would destroy a city? These people, if they had the chance to go AWOL on a bakery, they would just level it. But what happens is they, at the end of every show, they make these, these chubbies, these contestants, go up on a scale and weigh themselves in front of the world. And so it's a little strange as they send the women up You know, they got their little spandex uh, workout outfits on. They got like a midriff top and their shorts. And they go up and they stand on the scale. And then for some reason, when it's the men's turn to be weighed in, they make them take their shirts off. They're wearing these T-shirts that say the biggest loser, which is something I would never want to wear. They take these T-shirts off, and then they walk up onto the scale, and they're standing under the bright lights. And as the Lord is my witness, if you, like, take your hand and put it in front of your face and block out the heads of the men, and you just look at their chests, you are looking at some of the biggest, plumpest breasts you've ever seen in your life. I mean, some of these men have breasts that are like Dolly Parton size. These things are far bigger than most breasts I've seen on women in my lifetime. I mean, these things are monsters. Big, giant, hanging breasts. And they're not even like just sticking out. They're dangling. They're hanging like a woman's breast. There's so much meat on them, you'd need two hands to lift them up. And so at one point, I'm like, oh, my God, what is the difference between a man's breast and a woman's breast if a man's breast is as big or bigger than a woman's breast? And at what point is it pornographic or not pornographic? Like, if you have a show with guys with breasts that are almost mirror images of women's, then at that point, isn't it okay for the women to expose their breasts? Because it looks like everything's pretty much equal right then and there. Okay? I don't see a real big difference in a giant man boob. And I'm talking, these guys are three, four, five, six hundred pounds. Their breasts weigh more than our heads. Okay? So at that point, doesn't it just wipe the slate clean? It's like, you know what? It's a breast, it's big, it's got a giant nipple, it's no different from a woman's hooter. Everybody, take it off. Are you telling me we're still going to get in trouble from the uh, CFC or whatever it is, the people that took a fit over Janet Jackson's boob coming out? 
I mean, what? where do you draw the line when a breast is a breast is a breast? And in their case, is a breast is a breast is a breast pie. And then here's the creepy part of the equation. At what point are there men out there watching The Biggest Loser? Because the closest they're ever going to get to breasts is these big man breasts on The Biggest Loser. What if there's guys out there going, oh, my God. I'm not allowed to watch porno because the wife gets mad. My wife doesn't have the biggest breasts I've ever seen. And here in primetime television on NBC are some of the nicest hooters I've ever seen in my life. Oh, God. Oh, somebody give me a sponge bath. Right? Is that what what am I talking about? Is this getting creepy? I don't know. Someone call the breast police. You know, when when and where and how are we allowed to see breasts? I think biggest loser just leveled the playing field. Everybody take their top off. All the shows on TV, NCSI and Miami Heat and two brothers and a baby and Golden Girls and whatever. Everybody just off with the shirts. Breasts are no longer a factor. The biggest loser has nullified the breast as an obscene object. So it's just anything goes. So there you go. I breast my case because I am Harlan Williams, the biggest winner. Mother of meat. When are the reality shows going to run out of ideas, man? I mean, honestly, especially the cable ones. I mean, it is uh, give me a makeover, flip this house, give me a new garden, give me a new living room, teach me how to cook, teach me how to dress, take me on a date, show me how to pick my zits. Show me how to raise a baby manatee. Show me how to shave a koala. Show me how to boil a lobster. Show me how to throw darts at my grandmother's big bumpy ass. I don't... What's next, man? I mean, honestly, it's just getting boring now. I mean, for a while I liked it. We all liked it, but man, it's like almost like a career choice now. They should teach it at university. So what are you studying, Jim? Biology, chemistry, um, gonna be a doctor? No, man, I'm studying to be have my own reality show. Oh yeah, what are you gonna be? Oh, just a full-time student, man. They're filming us right now. What the hell? Yeah, why don't we get into a fight or do something crazy, you know, just for the, all for the sake of reality TV, man. No, turn the camera off. I don't want to be on your show. It's too late, man. You stepped into my reality, and now you're part of everybody's reality. Oh, that's what it's getting to be like. You don't know when you're being filmed anymore. You know, someone could get in an accident or trip and break their neck. Oh, my God, we've got to help that person. Ah, don't bother. Just, it's just a setup for a reality show. It's a trick. But look, he just got run over by a car now. Yeah, they're pretty good at this stuff. That's why they call it reality. It looks so real. Oh, okay. Let's go get an ice cream. Yeah, let's do that. I don't know, man. It's a twisted society. 
pretty soon you're actually going to start believing this is a real radio show. I guess I shouldn't call it radio show. I guess I should. I, I always get that mixed up because, you know, I'm not really on the radio. I'm on the um, I'm on the uh, what do you want to call it? I'm on the uh, the Internet. I'm on the podcast. I'm on the International Information Superhighway. I don't even know what I'm on. I should be on something so I can get my thoughts straight, but so I'll have to watch that. But I'm not the only one, man. I've I've had some of my listeners uh, mix it up too. Check this out. I was just calling to let you know that Mickey Mouse is totally still relevant, and that you should say that he died on the radio because there are three-year-olds listening. See, there's one of my listeners who thought she was listening to me on the radio. But what's funny about that call? <laughs> Probably not to her, but to me. I don't know if you remember, but a few podcasts back, I did a whole segment on how relevant is Mickey Mouse and the gang anymore. You know, I mean, do people really tune into them anymore? Are they really a presence in the life of kids who are into video games and SpongeBob and Britney Spears and Halo and... Zombie land, and I mean, really, is is there really room for those sugary, kind of talking mouse and talking duck characters anymore? And so I brought up the the issue of their relevancy. Uh, are they relevant anymore? Do they register with anyone, including kids? It just feels like everybody's moved on, but Disney is desperately trying to still market that. Stuff to us the same way Warner Brothers is still trying to market Daffy Duck and Bugs Bunny and Elmer Fudd. And I don't think anyone gives a crap anymore. I could be wrong, but that lady, for some reason, um, you know, objected to me talking about it. And then I went on to do a bit where me and Mickey Mouse played Russian roulette and Mickey blew his brains out. But this lady, I guess somehow she's listening to the podcast in the car, and she gave me grief. She said, well, listen, I'll play it for you again. Mickey Mouse is totally still relevant, and that you should say that he died on the radio because there are three-year-olds listening. <laughs> Do you hear the tone in her voice? She's, she's like scolding me. She's like, she's bitching me out, man. And what cracks me up is it's like, because there's three-year-olds listening. Is that my audience? Talk about Mickey Mouse and Daffy Duck not being relevant. What about me being relevant? Am I, am I reduced to a, I've got a three-year-old uh, audience out there, man? Huh? Yeah, you shouldn't uh, put that on the radio because there's three-year-olds listening. And then listen right at the end. I don't know if you caught it, but as she's hanging up, I guess her three-year-old kids put her up to it. I guess they really were listening and I think the three-year-olds went, Mommy, call that man and tell him to stop it. Because you'll hear her right at the end. I'll play it again. She goes, yeah, I told him. And then she hangs up. Check it out. You can hear it. Three-year-olds listening. I did. I told him. Did you catch it? It was pretty faint. But she's like, I did. I told him. And you can just picture the kids going, okay, Mama, good job. Now take us to Dairy Queen, biosh. What? So just to reiterate, I have to get used to saying I'm on a podcast. I'm not on the radio. I'm on a podcast, okay? 
So don't anyone panic. Don't. It's not like the War of the Worlds thing. Nobody needs to jump off a building. I've set the record straight once and for all. It's the Harland Highway podcast. Whew. Hey, this is Harland Williams, and you're rolling on the Harland Highway, and I know you're always looking to expand your creativity, take in new hobbies. So today I'm going to teach you some origami, the art of folding paper and making it into beautiful little creations. So here we go. Grab a plain sheet of paper. There you go. And... Fold to the left, fold to the right, fold over in the middle, fold the corner, fold over one more time, fold the corner and the lower side, and voila, a beautiful swan, a beautiful, beautiful swan, good for you. Does anyone even do that anymore? Is it a lost art form? Origami? The art of folding paper into funny little shapes, little animals, swans and ducks and unicorns. Hey, man, you better back off. Oh, yeah? What you gonna do about it? Man, I'm gonna fold me up a unicorn. What? You know origami? Oh, yeah, I know origami. I'd say it again. You better back off, Biosh. Watch out, boys. He knows origami. Hi, this is Harlan Williams, and welcome back to Making Origami. Yes, origami, the ancient oriental art form, where you take a plain, flat piece of paper and fold it into wonderful and beautiful designs shapes and creation so here we go one more time let me harlan williams instruct you through the process grab your paper and fold in the middle bend over the top side and fold lower corner and twist and bend into the top side. Very good. Now fold backwards and bend the lower left corner. Excellent. You've created a meteorite. A beautiful, beautiful meteorite made out of paper. Good for you. Congratulations on tapping into your inner creative spirit. All right, I guess we leave it there on an artsy-fartsy note. Watch out for paper cuts. And uh, don't forget, if you're in the greater Los Angeles, California area, yours truly, Harlan Williams, will be doing stand-up comedy tonight Friday, February 19th, and tomorrow night, Saturday, February 20th, at the Hollywood Improv on Melrose Avenue, right in the heart of Hollywood, historic comedy club. It's going to be great. Come on out. 
Um, a few tickets still available. Check my website. And then for you, those of you in the Midwest, don't feel left out. Um, April 2nd, uh, I will be in Anderson, Indiana at a beautiful theater, the Paramount Theater. Gorgeous theater. Get uh, tickets and uh, information on the website at the Harlan Williams stand-up page at harlanwilliams.com. And then April 3rd, I will be in Columbus, Ohio at another beautiful theater. Unbelievable. Uh, it's going to be great. Check your um, check my stand-up schedule for all the info on that. And until then... Have a great time doing whatever you're doing. And if you're all alone, get some paper and fold yourself up a sweet origami partner. And until next time, chicken chow main, baby. There are three-year-olds listening.